bless you, Isabel. You are lovely having you with us. You know, Isabel has just been such a joy having here. Just, you know, she gave some prophetic words, and within three days, some of them will be answered. Isn't that amazing? And so Isabel is going to bring us a word, and there'll be some time for ministry. Isabel may walk around and give you words. We are going to end on the hour. That's the target. But uh, if you have children, make sure you do collect them. But let me just pray for Isabel, and then I'm going to hand the microphone over to her now. Let's just hand, extend out a hand to Isabel now. Lord, we want to thank you for Isabel. We want to thank you for the word that you've placed in her heart for us, your people here. And I just pray you bless her. You fill her with your peace and with your love. That she'll be an empty vessel for you, Lord Jesus, as she points us to Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Good morning. It is wonderful to be here and um, to participate of what God is doing with you and through you and for you. You know, when I walked with the Lord for while. And when I first began to walk with him, I prayed one prayer that became one of the most important prayers of my life. I said to the Lord, throughout the years, I'm going to ask you many things. You will hear from me all the time. Just be aware of that. But if you ever find yourself in the position that you can only answer one prayer for whatever reason, Please choose this one. If you give me this, I know I will end my life content and I can stand with you, you know, satisfied, knowing it was good. And I said, my request is that when the day comes and it is my last day on earth, whether you come for us all or you just come for me, on that day, I want to look at my life and have no regrets. I don't want to stand on that day, look back and say, if only, I wish. You know, I don't want a life of regrets. And um, so I purposed to, you know, that became one of my goals. And it pleased the Lord that I asked for that because he has been very kind in caring me, helping me. Holy Spirit works over time to keep, you there, keep me there because some days keeping me on track is like herding cats, you know, but he does, he manages to get me there and so far so good, you know, and uh, that is the most important thing. I can't imagine on that day, the most glorious day of our lives, the day we all dream about the, the, our goal to be with him, to be home with him, that day when we see him face to face, I can't imagine what it would be like to stand there with excuses. I, I just can't. I don't know what that would be like. You know, I have experienced that already. I told you if you were here, you know, I have been raised from the dead twice. And the last time was eight years ago, and I did a standing eternity face to face. I got home. And um, when I looked at him in eternity, I had no regrets. I knew if I got to stay, I knew it wasn't my time yet. But if I got to stay, I had no regrets. And that was a wonderful thing. But there was more. So he said, you will go back to finish the race. You will go back to, the work is not done yet. 
And I knew even in that, in sending me back to finish it, he was answering my prayer of no regrets. There was still more to be done, so here I am till I finish. He did promise, the moment it ends, I'll go immediately. So I'm not going to retire in Florida, you know, but I'm very happy about that too, whenever it is. But um, being in this place, you know, I want to talk this morning about believing the promises of God. Because that's one of the hardest things for us, especially when we are prophetic people. And when, you know, the gifts are flowing and God's speaking and we believe and Holy Spirit is there. And we know there is more, there is always more. But how do we go from here to more in an easy way? I don't like complicated. I did complicated. I was a complicated business executive. I did complicated in the church for years. And then I discovered his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And the kingdom of God is not complicated. And so scripture says in Psalm 29 verses 4 to 8, how powerful the voice of God is. It splits the cedars. It, you know, makes the mountains skip like calves. It changes, it thunders, it's powerful. There's nothing more powerful than the voice of God on earth because it comes through the Holy Spirit, of course. <clears throat> and when God speaks, that's it. You see, there's this authority. There's nothing higher than that. God said. And living in the place of God said. It doesn't matter what is happening. Circumstances may be upside down in the earthly realm, but in our kingdom realm, we can say, yes, that is ter it's terrible, it's upside down, and this is happening, but God said. But God said, when the word of God is spoken, is declared, and is believed. See, the devil knows. He cannot contest the word of God if you believe it. He will contest it if you are not sure of it. Then he will come and put doubts and question it and everything. But he knows that when you know God said, what it means God said, he is stuck. And we need to move into the place of God said, and that's it. But God said, that's it. Stops there and there is silence. And when God speaks, he speaks a lot. You know, his counsel, we know that he speaks a lot. But God doesn't speak according to our belief system, according to our circumstances, even according to our personality. He doesn't speak according to that. He speaks according to his ability, his provision, his authority, his kingdom. And he offers us according to that. And that's the Part that is challenging sometimes when we hear God speaking, whether he speaks to you a promise personally or he does it through prophecy. You see that when the heart of God is spoken, when his plans are revealed, when his thoughts are spoken over you, you know, because prophecy is not about telling you what you ate for dinner last night, you know, or telling you your favorite color. Seriously, you think Jesus died for that you... For me to tell you, to send a prophet to tell you your favorite color? No, that's not what it is. Prophecy is about revealing the heart of the Father to man. It's about revealing the thoughts of God. You know, if I tell you your middle name, your initials, your address, that's fun. But it doesn't change anything. You go home the same way you came. 
You see, that is not what the spirit of prophecy is for. The spirit of prophecy is for you to have an encounter with the Father. It's for you to know life and destiny. It's to reveal to you what he thinks. There's nothing greater than to hear what he thinks when he hears your name. What does he feel when he looks at you? What was he thinking the day he created you in your mother's womb? That is life-changing. That will establish you forever and transforms you. And that is what I travel the world to do, not to tell you your phone number. You know, you already know your phone number. You don't need me to travel the world to tell you that. But you know, we have this idea that prophecy is that level. That is not what it is. Scripture teaches us what it is about. You know, and it is that essence of knowing the plans that he has for us. This is in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to bless you and to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The thing is, it says, he says in there, I know those plans, says the Lord. He doesn't say everybody and their dog knows the plans I have for you. He says, I am the one who knows them. Those plans, see, they are a secret in his heart that only he can reveal. And when we reach into the Father's heart, that's where we find that. That's where we find out his plans and his thoughts. That's why prophecy is so powerful when it flows from the heart of the Father to the heart of man. And it causes that connection that becomes eternity to eternity, deep and to deep. And... We find out those plans because who you were raised to be is not who you were created to be. What you were raised to do is not who you, what you were created to do. You see, and when we discover when we discover who he created us to be, that's an amazing thing. Because suddenly there's this convergence of what, what am I here for? What is my purpose? What am I created for? You see, I have prophesied over so many thousands and thousands of people over 30 plus years of public ministry. I have never once in my life stood in front of a person and heard God say, oh, this one, I created him to work really hard, pay, pay bills all his life, and one day get to heaven. I have never heard that because of Jeremiah 29, 11. I have plans to bless you, to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. First Corinthians 2.9 says that our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, our minds have not imagined the plans that God made for us. And that is not just when we get to eternity. It's here, walking on earth today. Also, the things that God has planned for us that Jeremiah is talking about, the things that only he knows that are a secret in his heart, and the things that you can't imagine. I love that. I love giving news to people that they look at me like they have the deer on the headlights. They just got hit, but they're like, seriously? I love to tell them, you know, the things that their ears have never heard, their eyes have never seen, their minds have not ever imagined that God planned for them. And if they believe it, it will unfold. And to see God do it. But we are so limited to um, what we are familiar with, what we know on earth, what our abilities and possibilities, because we all have realms of limitation. Because... 
we grew up in a world with limitations, and every person has the limitations based on your culture, your background, your family, your education, your finances, and on and on and on. You know, causes boundaries and limitations. Everybody, even the Queen of England, has limitations at some point. They're huge, but you know, her realm is huge, but she has limitations. And we think along those lines, and we tend to subconsciously put God in that same box. You know, that yes, he says these things, but really he will only do these things. And the scripture says in Proverbs, as a man thinks, so he is. As a man believes in his heart, he will declare with his mouth, and that shall be his reality. So we have to be very careful with what we think, because God... Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because God can give you great promises, and great plans can make them known, but if you think with limitations, it will remain in the realm of knowledge, but it will never become your reality. You see, as a man thinks, so he is. And we have to remember, God has no limitations. We know it in our heads, but we have to actually convince ourselves of it. You see, he has no limitations. He can do anything. When God gives us promises, it is not because you are there. It's not endorsing your current character. It's an invitation to be transformed into that. You see, when God speaks, he doesn't speak according to who you are today. He speaks according to who he created you to be. You see, to bring it out of you, to cause your very DNA to explode inside to who you are. It calls you out of that place and transforms you. David was raised to be a shepherd in the fields. He was created to be a king. One prophecy turned everything around. You see? And he went from living life to living destiny. You know, he went from being who he was raised to be to who he was created to be. He went from doing what his parents raised him to do in his culture to what he was created to do. And there is nothing like stepping into your destiny and knowing this is what I was born to do. You see, and as prophecy reveals that when we seek the heart of God and release it into someone, when we minister, when we receive, the heart of God is revealed to us. So we have to be willing to get out of our boxes. All our boxes are limitations, all those things. I was born in a third world country and Costa Rica is no longer a third world, but it was when I was there. And when you grow up in a third world country, everything is limitations. The limitations, they're huge. That's all you have is limitations. And the mindset of the people is survival. And when you have a survival of, I mean, mindset of survival, you don't expect change. There's no change. And no one breaks out of the box. How can things change if no one breaks out of the box? 
You see, and the church has been stagnant for so long, stuck in the same realm for years and years and years and years because people are not willing to step out of the box, break out of the box, be stretch, yes, be challenged, yes, get out of the box so others can find out they too can get out of the box. There is more. So there I was. You know, limitations everywhere. No one thought big, thought big or outside our limitations. Generation after generation after generation living in the same mindset of limitations, of survival. All we expected, the biggest thing we expected was to have food for another day. You see, but there was nothing more, nothing to dream about, nothing to expect. When I was six years old, I was in my uh, mother's kitchen and I was having lunch when all of a sudden I had a visitation from Jesus. And I was sitting there, six years old, imagine, and the wall of the kitchen disappeared in front of my eyes physically. And I had this amazing open vision and I saw my whole life, I saw myself through the years and this life unfolding. I saw things I didn't know existed. I had no knowledge of these things because we had nothing. We didn't have television, newspapers. We didn't have anything. We had to eat if we couldn't. There was nothing more. So I had no idea that nations existed, that airplanes existed, and all kinds of things existed. And there I was, and I'm seeing myself traveling the whole planet. And I was in and out of nations, and nations were passing in front of me, and I was seeing myself in all of them, and the crowds of people, and oh, you know, and suddenly Jesus appeared in this visitation, and he stood next to me, looked at the same realm, and began to explain to me. <clears throat> and he said, Isabel, even though you were born in this land, you will not live the re your life here for I have a destiny for you and I will take you from this place to a big powerful nation in North America and from there I will send you to all the nations of the world to build my kingdom, to lead people, to raise up leaders, ministries to release destiny to transform, to teach, to equip and he kept going and going explaining all kinds of things as I was seeing it in front of me and then he said, you know, you will stand with governments, people of authority, rulers of the land, and you will see, you know, high diplomats throughout the nations bend over backwards to grant any request that you have. You will be celebrated by the power by the governments of nations, and you will be received with honor. And even people of royalty will seek you for my word, and I will give it to you to give to them. And some more things, he continued, and as I was watching this, at six years old, in that country where I was, all those things were out of my realm of thinking. I didn't even know what people of royalty meant. I didn't know there was anything outside my little village. You see, it was so out there, because the word of God is creative, just creative power. And it speaks of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We have to open our minds to the things that are to come, that our ears have not heard. Just because today you have never thought God would do something with you, it doesn't mean he cannot take you there. And he will offer it to you, personally or through a prophecy. 
you know, in larger territory, add new things. And so there I was, watching this whole thing. And, and he said, you know, you will dine with the dignitaries and the diplomats of the world. I mean, I am an, come from <laughs> one of the most insignificant families on this planet in a third world country, in a village that no one knew existed. I was one of the most insignificant people that have ever walked on this planet. You know, I was homeless twice. I had no shoes. I had to steal food twice. Like, it, I'm watching this, me. I mean, no pedigree of any kind. And suddenly, this is what you were, I created you for. So when it ended, my mother was standing in front of me and said to me, where were you? She said, you were looking at me, but you were looking through me. And I told her what happened, and she got very angry with me, and she said, oh, don't talk nonsense, that is all your imagination. You are just imagining things, and they dreaming, and now you will go crazy if you go believing those things, and don't tell anybody about it, because this is ridiculous. Those things don't happen to people like us. That's impossible. So don't you dare talk imagination to people, telling them, because they will laugh at you and think you are crazy. That is not true. It's not real. I didn't tell anybody else, but I couldn't forget it. Like Mary, the mother of Jesus, I put it in my heart and I pondered throughout the years because I knew I had not imagined it. When I was 18 years old and I began to walk with the Lord, really, to fully walk with him and follow him. And um, one day, life has, had changed a bit, but we were still, circumstances were the same. Nothing, you know, had changed in the big picture. And uh, my life was really hard, lots of abuse, poverty, hardship, everything. So one day, I was feeling very discouraged, and I thought about that, encountered that day, and I said to the Lord, I went to prayer, and I said to him, remember that day when I was six years old, and the things that I saw, and the things that you said, I just, I'm wondering if that is still available, I'd rather have that instead of this, you know, so can we talk about it? And immediately, I was kneeling by my bed, the wall disappeared again, and this open vision came, everything the same again, I watched it all, Jesus came, stood next to me, explained it all, with more detail, or perhaps no more detail, I could comprehend it better than when I was six. And so, when it ended, I was so excited, I ran to my church, and I told my pastor, God bless that man, you know, and I, he had so many headaches with me. And I ran and I told him, you know, I want to tell you, I know my destiny. I know what I was created for. I know what I'm here to do. And he just stared at me because we didn't speak that kind of language. What do you mean destiny? We survive. You see? It was, and anyway, I told him everything. His reaction was worse than my mother's. And he said to me, Isabel, stop it. Don't you go believing that nonsense. That is imagination. That's fantasy. You are watching too much television. We already, by then, we had television. 
I said, that's all, and you are just speaking nonsense. Don't you go telling anybody it's things like that. I don't want you spreading fantasy and imagination in this church, so stop it. It's not true, and that's it. And he said to me, you know, there is no way. Look at you. Who are you? A nobody. You know, by then my alcoholic father had died. I am a half orphan and everything. And he said, it's impossible. So how can someone like you end up in something like that? You see? And so I said, so I kept it quiet, but I couldn't let it go because I knew. I had seen it. I heard that God had spoken. So God bless Americans because American missionaries began to come to the church, to our church. The American missionaries had a bigger box than our tiny box of limitations in the third world. And they would tell us stories about things God was doing. And we couldn't even imagine the things they were telling us. We had prophetic in our church, but the prophetic was limited to the things we had seen God do. That's why it's so important to experience God, like I said last night, because that is what you know with confidence. He can do this, he can do that. Because you only believe what in your heart, in your head you believe God can do anything, but in your heart you only believe the things that you have experienced, that you have seen him do in you or someone else. And so the prophecy we had in our church was, God will provide for you. He will give you work. He will give you shelter. He will heal you. Yes, we had lots of healing miracles because you couldn't afford doctors and medicines. Um, you know, he will give you family. And it was around us that there was a realm that whatever God did. So all our prophecies were around that. But Americans prophesied differently. And they spoke of things that we just look at them like, seriously, nobody believed them, right? And they would pick me out and prophesy over me every single time. And they would prophesy the, everything I saw in those two visions in detail. They would repeat it and prophesy it all over. My pastor, bless his heart, he would drop his head like this and shake it. And he would say all the time as if she needed that. She already daydreams far too much. She doesn't need to be encouraged. And every time the Americans left, I got called to the office. And my pastor would debrief me. And he would tell me, don't you go believing any of that. You know those things are not true. You know it's impossible. Those things don't happen. That is... You know, nonsense. You know, the Americans, God bless them. They mean well, but you have to understand this, he said. They've got Hollywood. So that makes them sensational. And therefore, they are just giving you Hollywood prophecies. That's a Hollywood prophecy. God doesn't fulfill Hollywood prophecies, he said. And that's all there is to the things they are telling you. But if you go believing that, you will waste your life and end up you know, frustrated, disappointed, and with nothing. That is not true. And don't go around telling people that you believe this stuff because you cannot believe it. It's impossible. We're trying to help you, he said. And uh, one of the problems also was that in the doctrine of the church I was in, it was 100% against women in ministry. And a lot of what I was saying was being in ministry, like a man. Impossible for a woman to minister in that realm. So 
Anyway, that made them even more upset. So they forbade me to talk about it. But the Americans kept coming, and they kept prophesying over me. And every single time, back to the office, back to the office, back to the office. And then finally they met, brought a whole group of elders and everything to put sense into me, to convince me not to believe this, this stuff. They were actually going to ask me not to come when Americans came. So, because I were getting tired of it. So, they would bring every single reason in the earthly realm, in the natural realm, why it was impossible. And they would say, well, how about this, how about this? Look at you, how can these things happen? Like, explain it to me. Every time I would say, I have no idea how it's going to happen. But what I can tell you is, it is going to require miracles. Only miracles can get me there. And that would be exciting to live through the kind of miracles that are going to be needed for me, being me, getting live that life. And so they thought I was mocking them. They got, got into more trouble. So one day, I came out of one of those meetings. And everything they said, and everything made so much sense. You know, there's a point when, you know, it's like, Really? Everything makes sense here. Everything they said was true. And I had no more arguments. And I came out of that office 97% convinced to not believe anymore. Give it up, it'll be easier. You will not be called to the office anymore. You know, just stop believing, agree with what they're saying, it all makes sense, and it is, this is it. And as I was there about to give up, Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, but what if? And I heard that and I understood. What if the God of the Americans is as real as they say? What if the God of the Bible can do for us the same things he did for them and does for the Americans? Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it cannot happen. You see, and I thought, yes, what if in 10 years from now something changes and they find out God could do it. God is bigger than we think. And by then, it would be too late. I would be living a different life that I could not change then. I could not go back in time and take a different route and believe again. It would be too late. And I realized I will end up with regrets. I will end up with regret. I will end my life with regrets. And my prayer had been no regrets. So I said to the Lord, I stood there, and with the help of Holy Spirit, I kept on believing. And I kept on believing when no one believed with me against my family, against the church. Only Holy Spirit encouraged me to believe. No one else didn't. I did go to college. I did get my career. I did all of that. But then I came to the point when I realized, okay, this is temporary, but I, have, I know what I, my destiny. I must prepare for it. And I began to prepare for it when everybody told me not to. I didn't know how long it would take. I didn't know the time when those impossible things will come, would come to pass. But I knew I did not want to be the reason why God delayed. I didn't want the time to come, and God said, well, I cannot send her because she hasn't prepared. She did not make herself ready according to what I said for her life. 
And then I don't know, I will make myself ready, do my part and make myself ready for it so that God will then do the rest, but I will do my part. And I didn't. And I thought it would take, honestly, the amount of miracles, the things, it was so out of reach that I thought this will take an eternity to come to pass. It didn't. Everything started turning, and in about between five and six years, miracles began to happen. And began to happen, and began to happen, and everything began to move, and suddenly everything broke out. And many years ago, over 30 years ago, the Hollywood prophecies began to be fulfilled. And I have lived through all of it. Every single thing I saw in those visions has come to pass. Every single thing the Americans prophesied has all been fulfilled. All of it, the royals, the governments, the diplomats, the nations, everything. And God has added more and more and more. And I'm living now on greater extensions and expansions of it. All of it. And uh, when I was visiting and... Um, Against all odds and everything, against all theology and doctrine, I actually became the first woman to ever preach in the pulpit of that church. And then, yes. The pastors and leaders said, it is against our theology, our doctrine, but we cannot deny what God has done. You see, the box broke, and that caused a lot of problem for them because other people said, if God did it for her, he can do it for me. <laughs> Why not? And then one day, I was also visiting again, sitting at the back of the church, and the Lord said to me, Isabel, remember those years back then when everything seemed impossible, when the things that I promised you were so unreachable, so do you realize that you have now walked on the other side of the impossible promises of God? You've got them. You're living there. And he said, nothing has been unfulfilled. Every stone has been turned. And he said, now tell me, are you willing to prophesy my impossible promises over my people? Anybody can prophesy the obvious. But can you speak? prophesy over them and the same things as the Americans prophesied over you. So I, so my people can have the same opportunity to believe me and tra change from living life to destiny. So destiny can be released in my kingdom and people can enter into the fullness of my plans. And I said, of course I am. Because the thing is, there is no one on this planet, regardless of position, authority, my titles. It doesn't matter. No one on this planet can tell me it's impossible. Because I'm living it. I have seen it come to pass myself. I know God can do it. And I know he can turn someone ordinary into an extraordinary path. I, I'm still, I know where I come from. I know who I am, where I come from in the natural. I know. 
And I didn't become great because of that or anything. I know, but I know who my God is. And I know what he can do. And I know that when he reveals his plan and his promises to anybody, he intends to do it. If you believe him, if you choose to believe outside the box, you see, you too will stand there and say, I am today who I was created to be. And I am living the life I was created by God to live. You see, a shepherd boy became a king. And nobody like Gideon became a hero. There is more. The boy that was thrown in the cistern and then imprisoned Joseph became the ruler because God said so. Above all circumstances, but God created me for this. But God promised me this. But God said, I will do this. There is nothing that can stop what God said. And I want to encourage you to believe the impossible promises of God. Be a stretch and know he can do it. Because I'm here to tell you he can. It is true. Pastor, would you stand with me?